0: Well, thank you, you know, and as you were praying, it is a lot, I mean, packing and moving and going and, uh, you know, I'm grateful that I'm blessed and I can live the life that I live, and um, for our guests, our guests outnumber, you know, well, I guess if I count me, they don't outnumber us, but single, never married, 45, and I love it, and um, and so because I can live a life that I'll, that married folks can't live, And um, and so... But it is, it can be um physically burdensome. It's just heavy. So, anyways, um, we have been going through the book of Psalms, and um I guess the chapter no, we've been going through the chapter of Psalm one nineteen. And um and so I don't know, we started it, I don't know when we started it, but we're getting we're about halfway through a little bit of it three fourths of the way through. So we're in Psalm one nineteen one oh five. And um uh as I've shared with you in the past, you know, as I read through the, each one of the letters, uh, of the 22 Hebrew letters that are listed in, the, in Psalm 119, each one of them, man, each one of them um, really, God just gave me a word and an outline for each one of them. But when He did this one, this was like my funnest, because you guys know I love to travel um, for fun and for work. And so I'm really excited about today's lesson. Um, we'll start in um, verse 105. Of Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Accept my freewill offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. I hold my life in my hands continuously, and I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. Your testimonies are my heritage forever. For they are the joy of my heart. I incline my ear to perform your statues forever to the end. Psalm 105, I mean, verse 105, um, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my f- path. That's a, we've used that phrase a lot. We've heard it a lot. And I think it's really, um, when I was reading through it, I think it's cool because it's a, it's a lamp to my feet. And um, so that's present, what's happening right here. And it usually is the lamp was just enough for a step. I mean, it's just enough for that. But he's also a light to my path. So a little bit in the future. I mean, it's not the whole future out there, but it's a little bit of it. And it's his word. And I really thought of it is that God and his word, it's really God's word, not God. little typo. God's word is a triptych and not a world atlas. Does anybody know what a triptych is? Okay. May I know doesn't know what it is. But a triptych is something you get from AAA. Now, this was back before Google World. and I mean, they still do it now. But, I mean, this was before you had, you know, access and so you would go to the AAA a place and you'd say hey i want to we're going on vacation and can i have a map of what it is and so um and so i did that to because i wanted to get a trip ticket to el paso because i just couldn't think of something really fast when i was calling them on the phone and so i thought i'd get this little book like that <laughs> that gives you a step-by-step direction of how to go i mean it tells you you know from houston of course they now have ads in it along the way but um, driving regulations—it's going to tell you how to get leave El Paso step by step, how to get there. Shows you the big overall map, and then along the way, it can even tell you. Um, there's no construction between here and El Paso, but there's nothing between here and El Paso. <laughs> but you know, if there was construction, if there was delays, they tell you where the road is. It is a it is a step by step instruction to what's going on, and it's not this this whole random world atlas that you just really have no direction and no guidance. The word of God is that way. But I thought it was really interesting because I got the whole thing, the tote bag and everything, when I went to pick it up. You know, So then I think it's interesting because I got a map of, uh, of El Paso. So once I get to El Paso, there's even more details that I can look into to even get further along the path that I need to get, go to. Then there's a big map of Texas in case I get to somewhere else and, and I want to veer off and go that course. That, that's there. But then I get this big honking tourist... Texas tour book. Everything you would ever want to know about Texas. It's all right there. Would you guys like it? I mean, you know, I mean, this is. I mean, all for fifty nine dollars a year. I mean, this is. I mean, that's cool. I mean, that, that all this came with this. It's all part of that. I even get a discount at some of the hotels that I stay at. I mean, not that I probably want to stay at most of the AAA spots, but I mean, this. It's all right there. And here's the thing. And I think it is so. It's such a good illustration of God's Word is that way. Everything we need for life and godliness is right here. And I believe it's personalized and it's available to us. We just need to get into it and, and look into it. And it not even cost us $59 a year. It's free. It's free. And it will show us the path that we need to walk on. But it's not going to... It the thing is, we will know what our final destination is. But, you know, I can look at that map all day long. And until I start driving down that road, I'm not going to really know what it's like, and I'm not going to know what experiences I'm going to have, and my de- my final destination will be affected by what I do and how I respond. That's good stuff right here, girls. How I respond. <laughs> how I respond on that path, and when I run into delays, or I run into challenges, or I run into difficulties, none of that's on there. It's not going to tell me I'm going to get a flat tire. How am I going to respond to those things? Are there simple joys? It's not going to tell me when I see a gorgeous sunset over the desert as I'm driving from the middle of nowhere to the next exit. It's not going to tell me that and the joys that I'm going to have in my heart. I've got to live it out. I've got to live it out. And God's word can tell us exactly how to live it out. And the different adventures we can go on, whether it's marriage, whether it's children, whether it's work, whether it's finances, it will tell us exactly all those little adventures that you want to take. I'll tell you how to do them. I'll tell you how to live them. It's not just some broad world world outlook that we just have no idea and we just kind of open it up in the middle and stick it right there. Because the word... (laughs) I mean, it's, it is a typo, but it's really the truth, because God is the Word of God. I mean, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, we need to know Jesus, and we need to know His Word. And He is a triptych for us, and not a world Alice. We need to dig into it. But I think it's also important to understand that in our life, and we can get so wrapped up in how wonderful and fantastic and inner focus our life is, and not really look at the path, I mean, look into the future and where we're going. Because this life is a vapor. James 4.14, I'll just flip right over there real quick. James 4.14 says this, well, I'm going to back up to 13. Come now you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist, a vapor. So the blank there is mist or vapor. That appears for a little time and then vanishes. It appears and vanishes. You know, and this, uh, one of my mentors said to me, you know, we are on a really life, unless you say you really do live 72, or maybe you get a little bit more and you live to be 92. We really is just a little bit more, really. This, we, this is a, vac- a really bad vacation. We're staying in really bad hotels, driving around in rental cars. That's all going to disappear. I mean, this is just a vapor. That doesn't mean we don't, like to sometimes stay in nice places and we don't want to have nice cars and none of that, nothing's wrong with understanding, but understand that that is, it's a vapor. It's going to be gone like this and what are we doing for eternity and what are we doing to make a difference? And the word of God can help us in that process. It is, you know, this is a vacation and this, is, this does affect us, but we always want to be looking past the vacation, you know, past this temporary time that we're looking at to the bigger ones, to our final destination, because ultimately the trip was to get to El Paso. And I can take all those aversions and I can do every single thing in this book. But if my purpose was to get to El Paso and I never got there, then, you know, the trip was not worth it at all. So Charles Spurgeon said something I think it's really important. Again, you guys know how I love the word. One of the most practical benefits of the Holy Writs is guidance and the acts of daily life. It is not sent to astound us with brilliance, but to guide us by its instructions. It is true the head needs illumination, but even more the feet need directions, else head and feet may both fall into a ditch. It is for daily practical purposes that the word of God is made available to us, and um, and it's you know and I think it will it tells us I, I think I mentioned this before I, if I can turn to it Job 23:12. It even has talks about eating properly and having portion control. Did I say that? Did I share that with y'all before? It just—I haven't written on it. yet. So, I've treasured the words of his mouth more than my portion of food. I mean, we need portion control. It's what it is. It talks about that in there. So, um, so absolutely, God's trip. God, God's word is a trip, tick, and not a world, world atlas. The other thing that the next point in Psalm uh, 119 verse 106 is: Are you committed to the trip? 106 says, "I have sworn an oath and confirmed it." To keep your righteous rules, I mean I have sworn. not only did I swear it, but then I confirmed it I mean this is i 'm doing it i 'm going for it and and what I thought about on that one is that burn the burn the ships. Have you guys heard that story told it 's Hernando Cortez and in a sixteenth uh, century uh, Spanish expedition into Mexico, he had eleven ships and he had seven hundred um, sailors on that ship, and they pulled into unbeknownst to the king of Spain, or to the crew members, or at least most of the 700 crew members, he, his plan was once they landed on shore and offloaded the um, supplies and stuff, they would burn the ships, not to prevent mutiny, even though that's told about, but n- or to, um, you know, to ward off enemy attack, right? But to say, look, we're committed. <laughs> this is it. I mean, it, the um, I didn't put it on here because uh, it was. Um, it gives you great motivation for success, and it eliminates any chance of escape. You know, um, I mean, if you're married, burning the, bri- burning the ships is divorce is just not an option. And when you know divorce is not an option, and you're stuck with this guy, you know, after the first year, or five, or ten, or twenty, or occasionally along the way, you're stuck with him. Okay, we're going to work this out, because we can't live like this. We're burning the bridges. We're burning, I mean, we're burning the ships. We're burning the ships. Hey, Wendy. We're going to burn the ships. What areas of our life do you need to be committed to? Um, Matthew five twenty eight and 30. This is a harsh teaching. You know, Jesus was a harsh teacher. I mean, he, he, you know, he's not. He is the gentle shepherd passing through, but he also came pretty hard. And this is a harsh teaching right here. Matthew 5, 28 to 30. And it says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. That's harsh. I mean that's harsh, and in our own personal lives, what are some areas maybe that are where we tend to to cause that causes us to sin? You know, big things, little things. You know, when I first came to Christ, having a TV and a VCR kept me from really doing what I needed to do. Not that I was watching crap. I mean, good night. 18 years ago, what was um, what was considered bad stuff back then? I mean, you know, it's you know easy now. I mean, it's nothing. You know, it was I, I. What was some. I went on a Netflix and got the one-month trial for a little bit because obviously maybe I still have an addiction to the stuff. But <laughs> um, but I was thinking some of the movies that were like 15, 20 years old that were R-rated, I thought those th- that was that would be like PG right now. I mean, it would not. But anyways, and so for me, I had to throw away my TV and I had to throw away my VCR. And I still don't own a TV, you know. I still don't own a TV. I have a Car- uh, Carol's monitor that i can plug my computer into that i can then play a a dvd on you know but i still don't have one because it causes me to sin you know what causes you to sin are there relationships and there's relationships i've had i've had to cut them off and was it painful yeah but i had to cut them off because it was causing me to sin books that we might be reading um just things that we go to certain places and we just can't help it we're going to do we're going to do whatever it is we need to avoid those places cut it off, swear, burn the ships, burn the ships. Does that make sense? And only we know that in our own personal lives. We've got to be committed to that and say, hey, it's, you know, I'm going to swear to this. I'm going to live by your rules, God. I don't like them. You know, he doesn't care. You know, he wants us to live righteously. He wants us to live righteously. Number three, and this is where it goes back to my prayer request and what I said. I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O oh Lord, according to your word. This life is hard. We live in, I mean, if you're lost, how much harder is, I mean, really? I mean, and we, I went. And I walked in the, the breast cancer awareness walk yesterday and, and um, you know, was walking along and probably not grumbling too much, but maybe a little bit. And, um, <laughs> uh, and there, I looked over to the left, and there was a guy sitting there cheering us on in a wheelchair, no legs. And it seemed, his hand, something, I can't remember exactly, but I turned to my friends, I said, I ain't got no problems. I mean, I don't have any problems. We don't have any problems. But, but in just, in going through life, we're going to be afflicted. In going through life, our bodies are physically going to get tired, and mentally and emotionally, we're going to be challenged, there's going to be difficulties along in our lives. And when those things happen, we have to take advantage of the roadside rest. What did I say? Are you, are you using the roadside rest stops? Are you stopping and taking time? To really rest. Um, great book. Kelly Mott actually is the one that referred it to me. And now pastors. It's in the bookstore. It's called The Rest of God. Um, Restoring Your Soul by Restoring the Sabbath. By Martin Buchanan. And I don't do a good job resting. And stopping. And slowing down. And um, the Lord has been gracious to me this week. Um, I have had. Uh, I mean I was. I had two huge events in September and I was slammed up against that and and, and then come, you know, today until October thirty-first I'm slammed busy and on the road and praise the Lord that I have um great opportunities to minister and to get paid for some of these things even. And um and so but this past week I had I went to lunch twice with girlfriends and had two hour lunches. I took a couple of naps, I mean I had time, and, and what is so amazing is that I wasn't anxious in the midst of all that. I wasn't thinking, okay, wait, I, shouldn't I be doing something? Shouldn't I be ready? You know, whatever. You know, and I, I, and I, I look back over my week, and, you know, because it was the end of the week and the beginning of the month, and so I was having to review my calendar, and, and I did get some things done, and I wrote a couple of blogs and sent out some emails that needed to get out and take care of those things, but I just rested. I just stopped and refueled. And just did what, the, you know, did what I needed to do. But this little book is, um, it talks about, and I think this is important, about really what Sabbath is. Sabbath is a time sanctified, time betrothed, time we perceive and receive and approach differently from, more, from any other time. Leisure is what Sabbath has become when we no longer know how to sanctify time. Leisure is, is the Sabbath bereft of the sacred. And that doesn't mean that doing leisure activities is not being some sabbatical. And that doesn't mean that being a Sabbath, having a Sabbath doesn't mean that you just, you know, go in your prayer closet and don't talk to anybody. You know, a massage could be the most sabbatical thing you could do. You know, and take that rest and take that time. But what they're saying is that when we take leisure and there's nothing sacred about it, there's no acknowledgement of, hey, Lord, I just, hey, thanks for this time to rest. And, you know, the thing that... <laughs> I talk about is that dirt rest every seven years. I mean, how much more do we need to rest? I mean, you know, really? I mean, the dirt, I mean, that is just a proven fact. Biblically, it tells us to do that, but then also agriculturally, they're gonna say, let the soil rest, let it rebuild its nutritions. If it, If the dirt needs to rest, how much often more do we need to rest every seven days? And you know, guys, this is amazing. That's 15% of our time. Every seven days, if we were to rest 24 hours, that's 15% of our time. That's a chunk. I mean, that's a lot of the time to really think about, man, do we really do that? And that doesn't mean you necessarily have to do it as a 24-hour period, but man, do you have at least, you know, a couple hours? If I have to put my makeup on, it's not a Sabbath. I mean, that's how I clarify it. It is not a Sabbath if I put my makeup on. But if if I can, you know, be laid back and casual and do whatever and just acknowledge the rest and do what I need to do. and I think it's interesting. Just one more thing on this, and then we'll move on to the next point. Is the difference between the Greek words of the multiple Greek words of time. One is 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 Chronos, C H R O N O S, like chronologically, and that is simply, um, you know, it's just the passing of time. Uh, it's interesting. Chronos was a nasty minor deity, a glutton and a cannibal who gorged himself and his own children. Isn't that interesting? That's where Chronos came from. Kairos, on the other hand, K-A-I-R-O-S, this time is seen as a gift, as an opportunity, as a season. It's pregnant with purpose. And so if we, we can either live in a Kairos time or it just sucks it up and it's just killing us, oh, time is just, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or we can look in a Kairos time. Hey, man, look at this time we've got before us. What a, I got this whole day, And I wrote, I mean, un, I didn't connect this until this morning when I was finished at my studying, but I wrote a blog on Friday about, you know, we got 90 days to the, end of the into the end of the year. I mean, but 90 days, what can we do? I mean, we could lose 10 pounds in 90 days. We really can't. Easy. We can lose 10 pounds unless you don't need to. May and Wendy probably don't need to lose 10 pounds. But, <laughs> I mean, you know, so they maybe they can lose 3 pounds. But, you know, we can save $250. I mean, if someone's a Starbucks person, you, if you get a Starbucks every day, if you quit and I said, you can make it spiritual. You can fast Starbucks. You know, I'm fasting from Starbucks in preparation for the holy holiday of Christmas coming up. You know, I mean, you can make it spiritual. You could, if you're a family of four, you could save $650 by just not going out one night a week, just skipping dinner, One, I mean, skipping eating out twice a month. $50 a head, you do the math. You know, I mean, 50, A family of four normally costs $50, and I think that's probably even an underestimate of really in today's world or what... You know, for a lot of people. Um, you could write 26 letters of encouragement. You could write three books. Three books. Because if you take 15 minutes a day, we read, and I did the math, 200, we usually read 200 words a minute. An average reads 200 words a minute. That's 3,000 words a day. A normal book is, this is probably 60,000 words. So in 10 days, you've read, or in 20 days, you've read a book. I mean, that's, and then what the heck? Why don't we turn the TV off? You know, and... Sit with your spouse and read a book. And heck, what if you read the book out loud? Then now, man, forget about it. It's not finishing the book. It's developing that inti- intimacy, having that deep discussion. I mean, 90 days, wow, I got 90 days. There's so much I can get done in 90 days. Instead of Because there's this pressure and there's this push from the culture to drive us to Christmas. I mean, Highland Village, they're already putting up Christmas lights. I think they really don't ever take it down in Highland Village. You know, (laughs) the gel shop there, that's right over by the gallery area. But anyways, I mean, that's, you know, it's always Christmas over there. There's this drive and it's pushed. Why don't we just pull back and say, you know, I'm not going to drive toward the holidays. I'm going to take my Sabbath that needs to be, but I'm also going to be mindful of how exciting this Sabbath is. What do we get to do? And all those kind of things. So, um, that is, are we taking advantage of our roadsides? Oh, Okay, one last thing on that. Either, and here's what's going to happen. Either we're going to end up as a man in Ecclesiastes, the Ecclesiastes. You know, he said, it's a time to be born, a time to die, plan, uproot, embrace, reframe, shra- uh, search, give up, keep, throw away. I mean, he was just frantic, the, um, Solomon, when he wrote uh, Ecclesiastes. Either we're going to end up like him, driven, 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 racing hard against Kairos. I mean, there's this clock that we're beating up against. Or... We'll learn to follow, listen to this, learn to follow the scent of eternity in our hearts. To follow the scent of eternity in our hearts. I mean, that's just, I don't really fully understand what that means. But, but I just like, I mean, it makes, I mean, let's just go after the heart that we have. Um, I know that it says, uh, we begin to orient toward Kairos. We start to sanctify some of our time, and an I think can happen. Purpose, even unsought, can take shape out of the smallest, simplest things. It's a gift from God. So, rest. Great book. Pick it up. Um, I'm taking it with me to California to help me refocus on what I'm doing. Okay, number four. Um, are you buying junk souvenir souvenirs or pure gold? You know, how many, how many folks have stopped at those tourist traps or bought this, you know, I, nothing, I, I don't, of course, because I don't have the TV out a whole lot, but I've watched it on, when I travel, I get all excited because I have TV. I get A&E and all that stuff. But um, there's some show out. Pawn shops, or I don't know Pawn what. Stars. It's. Pawn stars. I've watched a couple of them, but one of them, this one lady, brought bought in this uh, elephant tusk, and she was desperate to sell it for three thousand dollars or whatever because she knew it was pure ivory. And it was plastic. I mean, you know, it was totally plastic. It weighed like you know a pound or something like that, and a tusk that big would have weighed I don't know a whole lot more. It was very, very, very heavy. So, she, I mean, she caught, the, she was in a tourist trap. All her hopes or whatever she needed that $3,000 for were wrapped up in junk. In <laughs> junk. Some, um, verse 110 says this The wicked have laid a snare for me, but I did not stray from your purposes. That, whoever sold that ivory test to her knew it was fake, knew it was fake, set up a snare for her. Man, and she fell right over it. Um, uh, scandalon. Is the word used, uh, it's the Greek word used often, actually it's Matthew 18:7. we'll flip over there. It's often used for an offense, but Jesus uses that when he's, when he, our stumbling block, Jesus is even considered scandalon, which I, you know, of course, is where we get the word scandalous. Oh, bummer, I hate when that, oh, but this will work too. This isn't the verse I was looking for, but it still works. And there it is. I even wrote next to it, scandalon, my notes on this. So, woe to the world for temptations to sin. For it is, God bless you, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the one by whom the temptation comes. We will have snares in this world. We will have temptations in this world. And there, and that the word there used for temptations is scandalon. And what that means, it's the trigger of the trap. You know, it's if it's, you know, who's ever... You know, set up the box and put the stick up under it and, you know, to watch the bunny go into it. And you pull the stick. Well, that stick is the scandal on. When you pull that, that's the trigger that's going to get you. A you know, mousetrap. It's that, it's that little place where the cheese is. Man, you hit on that, it's going to get us. And along, along uh, life, along these, this path of life that we walk on, there are, there are going to be snares that are going to grab a hold of us. And are we going to be sucked in? By the snares of the world, are we going to be focused on the pure gold that God has before us and not be willing to invest in the silly things that's going to pull us away, that's going to distract us off the path to the focus that we want to do, whatever that might be, whether it's materialism, whether it's covetousness, whether it's idolatry, whatever those things that will draw us into those things, they're traps and they will ensnare us and we will be putting all of our hope and trust like that lady in Pawn Stars. And thought, this was it. I'm going to get out of my problem because I've got the, I've got it. This is, this will work. Relationships, jobs, three you know, two kids or whatever the number is, a spouse, whatever it is. This is, this, I put everything into this. And we go to cash it in. And it's nothing. It's worth nothing. And all of our hopes are devastated. And where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Don't be brought into the snares of the world. Don't be brought in and caught up in the snares of the world. Except from the Lord, what is, what is wonderful. And then lastly, what is a, um, what's a trip that doesn't include a slideshow? So how are your slides looking from your vacation? Verse 111 says this. Your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. Your testimonies. Your testimonies. They, we talked uh, two weeks ago about the word testimony in there. It's a declaration of God's work in our lives. And I just want to know, what's what's your testimony? I, I was talking to a friend this week, and we were talking about the fact that if our, it's more than just, so often we think when someone says, well, what's your testimony? It's like, well, when did you come to the saving knowledge of Christ? I mean, that's, of course, that's a great testimony. <laughs> I love to hear that testimony. How did you know? It's like, who goes at you know, at the wedding, when, um, any wedding, you want to know, how did the bride and groom meet? You know, how'd that come to, how did God arrange that, you know, and I got eHarmony friends, I got blind date friends, you know, you know, I got all those, That that's how they came together. Somebody's mother-in-law knew somebody else and there was a connection to that. You know, we stumbled into a class together. I mean, whatever. I mean, we, we want to know about that. In the same way, I think that our testimony of how we come to save saving knowledge of Christ is critical. You know, man, I was, January 10th, 1993, I was sitting in a, you know, Baptist Church in Tequila, Georgia, and he talked about putting a nail in your coffin. And I walked out and I saw my mentor and I said, I don't know for certain if I'm saved or not, but I'm going to make sure today's the day. And that's the day I claim. January 10th, 1993. That's my day. That's my day of salvation. But you know what? Goodness gracious, praise the Lord. My testimony did not stop on January 10th, 1993. That, oh, I can, I can tell you month after month, year after year of God's faithfulness his declaration of his power and his might in my life, I can declare that out to other people as God has done and showed off and done amazing and wonderful things in my life. And whether it's provision, whether it's peace, whether it's protection, whether it's purpose, whatever those things are, man, God, and and, and if all I'm clinging to is the deliverance from, you know, alcohol, thats not that wasn't my drug of choice, but I mean, if, so if that's what I'm clinging to, and that was 18 years ago, praise the Lord. I'm great. What did God deliver you from yesterday? Because I, I mean, that one deliverance, that one testimony, that one action in my life, it didn't fix everything. You know, it fixed a big thing. I'm glad for that I'm going to glory and that the Holy Spirit now dwells inside of me. But man, do I have the ability and the power to, you know, keep my mouth shut? You know, and man, let's start digging down to let's get my thoughts straight. You know, I'm not saying the things that I think about some people sometimes, but I sure am thinking it. And I'm even laughing, enjoying it on the inside when I think about it. You know? <laughs> but, man, no. Let's start... minnie <laughs> has got amen over there. <laughs> and, you know, wow, let's just start thinking about those testimonies. So, what are those testimonies? Man, we need to capture them, girls. You know, I mean, I... What do I say every Sunday? Read your word, you know, memorize scripture and journal. And, um... I mean, that really is all it is. I mean, end of the day. I mean, You know, in fellowship with the believer, that would be the addition that you need to do. But journal. Write down the testimonies that God has done in your life. Where did he show up? Lord, I need wisdom on this decision. I need focus over here. Lord, I need reconciliation in this situation. Lord, I need provision in this place right here. And then how sweet it is when the next day, the next week, the next month, you write down and you say, man, God showed up. And what's so, what's so true, and this is so true, it happens in my life all the time. My because I don't like have the prayer request list over here that I just date, you know do I'm not that, you know, I'm pretty OCD, but I'm not that obsessive about myself. And, um, and so I often do not connect. OK, so what you, you do? You do. OK. <laughs> you know but how sweet it is to connect it. Here's the provision. and this is how you came through and what you did. You know, but so often I don't have that. and So I'm reading my journal, you know, a day, a week, a month, a year later. And then all of a sudden I realize that I, you answered that. Lord, you showed off in that. I mean, there's been times I've read the word. I didn't understand something. You know, this didn't make sense to me. And pastor preaches on it the next Sunday or whatever. Or answers it through. through the, I mean, it's just God's, that's God's testimonies. Man, we need to be real intentional about being able to show. Man, where did God show off? And where did he show You know. I went to Secretariat last night, and excellent, excellent movie, go, 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 I will go again. And, I mean, I'm on the edge of my seat, and I know he won the Triple Crown. <laughs> I mean, I know he won, you know. I mean, he pretty much knew he won all three of the races, and he only, you know, he lost one, that was it. I mean, I knew, but I still was like, you know, and, um, but it was really neat. And I'm not sure, I want to do a little bit more research. It started, the movie started, the very first lines were 3,000 years ago. Job wrote, Job questioned God in the Bible. And God answered in response to the horse. You know, did you, I don't know, create his mane and just how powerful the horse was. He's not afraid of the arrow. He's not afraid. But he quoted Job. They quoted Job in the beginning. And then they quoted Job at the very end when he was winning the Belmont, which was the very last race. And he was coming around the corner and won by 31 lengths. So nobody has ever come that close to winning that much or or that fast. Ever since then, 37 years, they they considered him a super horse. But what was really neat is the, the, the story behind how it all came down. Anyways, um, they quoted again as he was coming around that final turn. God's testimonies were declared. What I love is this, is they said 3,000 years ago. I mean, they knew, you know, this wasn't some time in the past. They really gave real validity to the scriptures. And, and it might have actually said longer than that, because I really think Moses was long. I mean, Job was longer than 3,000 years ago, because some people say that it even predates the writing of Genesis. But... Um, not the time of Genesis, but the writing of Genesis. So, anyways, what are your testimonies? And are you telling people? Are you telling people your testimonies? Are you giving the chance to say, you know, God's doing great things. I mean, you know me. I always tell about clothes. all the thing I have on right now was given to me. You know, and so it is, that's God's testimony. God's provision. I mean, God. People give me clothes, and then they dress me, and I love it. <laughs> I need you to do that. Both, I mean, lunch, this past week, girlfriends called me, hey, let's go to lunch. I called one, and the other ones, they called me, and they bought my lunch. You know? I went to dinner last night. You know, hey, Sharon, you want to split dinner? Yeah, let's split dinner. You yeah. And she's like, I'll just get it. Thank you. Receive it. And I have no problem paying it. Girls, you know me. I have no problem paying So, um, what are his testimonies, and are you declaring them? And so that, you know, when you leave here, you've got to evaluate, hey, how's your vacation? How am I doing on this trip of life? You know, have we? Have you been faithful to realize that? Hey, I'm on a triptych, and you're studying the Word and looking at it and saying, "What is God's purpose and plan for my life?" Because He will tell you, and He's got a specific plan and purpose in our life, and it is bigger. It is so much bigger than we could ever possibly imagine. One of the things we talk about in the in, in the master's program is that God. We want we want God to do more things and bigger things in our life, but really, do we have the capacity to do it yet? So that means we need to start rearranging some things so that we have capacity in our time, our touch, our talent, our treasures. We've got to have capacity. God's got huge things for each one of us that we can't even begin to imagine. Can't even begin to imagine. And um, I, and I just really, I mean, I, I just really want you guys to really receive that. It's not just a temporary kind of life. I mean, it really is. And I also we also I saw two movies yesterday. We also saw um, you again, which is don't go see, don't waste your money. I will tell you how it ends. And, um, but, but it was like the girls wanted to go to that, so I went. I deferred, you know. And um, but, uh, the the Sigourney Weaver and Jamie Lee Curtis were fighting, and, and Jamie Lee Curtis, Sigourney Weaver said, it dro- "I'm so glad we fought because it in high school because it drove me to, to be the great successful person that I am right now, and just to have, you know, all the world would have to offer." And Jamie Lee Curtis said. Well, I'm happy for you. That's great, but I've got my family, and that's all that really matters. And I'm happy. And she starts grown We said, and I wish I was happy too. I mean, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis got it in the secular world. She got it. What you know, that's so much of what are driven our happiness, and that raising of children, you know, influence in our kids, huge impact. God's got big things for us. Are we committed to the trip? Are there bridges? Are there ships we need to burn, or even bridges we need to burn that we need to go back to? Um, are we resting like we're supposed to? Are we tripping over things that we know we need to be not tripping over? And are we sharing our testimony with those that are around us? And are we tracking those testimonies? Man, look at our life. Take a time and say, hey, look, I need to just pick one. Because, I mean, there's one, all of us can pick one. We can do better. And every single one of those things that continue to trip us up. Like, what trips me up is two days before my cycle starts, all I want to do is eat carbs. Okay, so once again, Friday and Saturday, all carbs this morning, shazam, I'm like, hello, I track, I should know, I should know, there's the trigger, boom, I mean, I fall over it every time, but you know, I just want to eat a piece of bread, what is going on, how quickly we forget, how quickly we forget, so let me pray, and then um, we can go, Lord, we love you, we thank you for who you are, and um, your magnificency, your power, your might, your greatness, Lord. We just um, acknowledge you as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and, and it still is just shocking that um, you love us so much and you desire fellowship with us so much that you never look down, disappointed or or upset. But that, um, Lord, I believe that as we laugh, you laugh, and um, you enjoy uh, you enjoy our fellowship, and Lord. Um, uh, yeah, that's good. Um, sanctifying some time adds richness to all time. Just as an hour with the one you love brings light and levity to the hours that follow, to spend the, to spend time with the object of your desire is to emerge not sullen and peevish, but elated and refreshed. You come away f- filled and not depleted. And so, Lord, I just pray that we would do that even today, Lord. As we go into worship or as these girls drive home, as I get on a plane and, and go to California, and Ellen probably is getting on a plane and going to D.C., Lord, as we do these things, Lord, that we would just be mindful of you and um, know that we'll be refreshed and refilled and renewed um, because of your presence. And, Lord, as, we, as it is with the ones that we love, that we walk away and, and the rest of the hours um, have lightness in it because of our time. So Lord, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your word of God. That, um, is light to our feet and a lamp a, light, a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. And What a gift and a blessing it is that we can have this written word available to us um, 24-7 in hard form, on the internet, on our phone or that we live in a country where that's not um, a right that's been taken away. Where we are grateful for who you are when it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen? Amen. Alright. And Ellen, are you getting on a plane or...